0: Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that would change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Well, Christmas is upon us, friends, and I'm sure everyone has done all their Christmas shopping and no one's feeling stressed at all. So... Be welcome. We're glad to have you with us here this morning at Encounter. Thanks, Jen. I just want to give a a short message this morning just into the nature of Christmas. And I think when you're able to spend it with amazing children, with amazing family and friends, you you get a sense into the nature of Christmas anyway. But But I want to start by talking about superheroes. Now, for those kids who are still here and not getting dressed yet, You'll all love superheroes. We've got a bit of a superhero overload in society at the moment, but that's all right. When I was a kid growing up, my favorite superhero was always Batman. Always a big Batman guy, closely followed by Spider-Man. I don't know if anybody else can relate. So those were my favorite superheroes, but everybody knew they weren't the strongest superhero. So you could like them if you wanted to. You just had to know you weren't going to be on the winning team. Batman or Spider-Man were never going to beat Superman, were they? I mean, it was, always, it was always a bit disappointing. You'd be cheering for your favorite heroes and then someone else would go, well, I like Superman. You go, well, I can't compete with that. Superman's impossibly strong. And when I was a kid, I don't know if it's still the same today, but it used to be a catchphrase on the Superman TV show. When he was coming near, people would say, look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Everyone over the age of 30 is totally with me. If you're not, yeah, I feel you, I understand. I understand. In fact, Superman became so prevalent that for a lot of Christian families who did grace together, might still do it today, it turned into a form of grace. You'd sit around the table at mealtime and go, thank you, Lord, for giving me food. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food for our daily bread, because we need to be fed. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. Amen. It's not always a bad idea to let the pastor sing, just saying. Superman was the most powerful hero of my childhood. And the thing that made him so exciting was you never saw him coming. You'd be in trouble, you wouldn't know what was going on, and then, boom, out of nowhere, there's Superman. He was wearing a big red cape, blue outfit with a big S on it. You couldn't miss him at all. Now, when we get to Matthew's Gospel... Now, Matthew is a book of the Bible. It's one of the biographies of Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, we hear the stories of the three wise men. And perhaps it's more uh, accurate to have three wise women up here on stage here this morning. But we hear the story of the three wise men who come to worship Jesus. And these three wise men famously came from the east. They're following a star to visit Jesus, the King of the Jews. And one of them gave gold, which is a fantastic gift... Another one gave frankincense, which is this expensive perfume. And the other one gave myrrh, which was definitely re-gifted at a bar mitzvah that Mary and Joseph went to later. But like most of the things we know about Christmas, it's not actually the way we understand it in the stories, because we get so caught up in Christmas carols and and in traditions that we sometimes forget what's actually going on in the Christmas story. For starters, we don't actually know there were three wise men at all. There could have been quite a lot of them. There could have been less. We just know they gave three gifts. So tradition says there were three of them. And as much as we sometimes sing songs like, We Three Kings from Orient Are, they're probably not from the Orient, and they probably weren't kings. In fact, they were probably from Persia, and they were probably astrologers, which means they knew how to read the stars. Now, why is that important? Because it tells us a little bit about why they were wise And that's the question we want to ask ourselves about the wise men at Christmas. Why were they wise? Why did people look at these people and go, you are wise men? I was at an event last night and I'd asked the speaker to come and I'd asked him to give some wise words to the the, uh, students who were present. And he turned to his wife and he said, What do I know about wisdom? And she said, nothing. You know literally nothing about wisdom. I don't know what what you're going to give in terms of wisdom. Now, she was joking, they stressed later, after they were called out in front of a large group of people. But the point is this. How do we know they were wise men? Here's how we know. When we read Matthew 2, we read that there was this star that came and it rested above the stable, and the wise men did come and they followed the star. But that's not why they were wise. What was wise was what happened next, reading the signs and coming to meet Jesus. You see, the wise men had read and understood the times around them. And this is one thing that we need to do, whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're not in that place yet. We need to learn how to read the signs around us. We need to recognize what God is doing in people in our lives and all around us. Here's what the wise men did. They came all the way to Jerusalem, not Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but the wise men were looking for the son of the king. So they went to Jerusalem, the capital city. And there they met the king and they said, all right, king, I assume you've had a son. And the king's like, well, time out. That's a problem. I haven't had a son. Who are you looking for? They suddenly realized they were looking for different things. The wise men read the signs and were wise enough to leave and not come back to the king. Wise people are not wise just because they read the signs. They're wise because they read the signs and they know how to act. They listen, they understand, they obey. That's what creates godly wisdom. So what does that mean for us this Christmas? We've got these wise men, they come to the capital city. Why do they come to the capital? Because that's where kings are. That's exactly where Superman would have been born if he was around. But the thing is, Superman has the same problem that many wise kings have had in the past, which is that he's not relatable. The reason all the new Superman movies suck, friends, (laughs) is because Superman's not relatable. He's this giant alien being off in the distance who swoops in to save the day and swoops off again. He is not a relatable person. They had to invent a character called Clark Kent to make him relatable at all, and it still didn't work. (laughs) This is the problem with Superman. Superman has a distant God problem, but our God doesn't have a Superman problem because our God is not a distant God. And maybe that's how you've been viewing God, as someone way over there, off in the distance, a bit like Superman in that, yeah, sure, you can call in and save the day if you're lucky. Or a bit like the star, he's up in the sky. He's shining brightly, but don't get too close or you'll get burned. But actually, he's not like that at all. In fact, what our God did is he came down to be with us. He he descended from the heavenly places to be on earth with us. And not like swooping down from afar in strength and might, but like a little baby wrapped up in human flesh to save us from our sins. That's the power of Christmas. In the book of Hebrews, the author reminds us that we don't have a high priest, and that's Jesus who is unfamiliar with our suffering, unfamiliar with our temptations, unfamiliar with our pain, we actually have a God who gets it, who has lived it with us, who has been there in the midst of us, with us all. We call him Emmanuel because it means God with us. God is not distant, friends. He is here. Why were the wise men wise? They read the signs they understood what God was saying to them and they obeyed what God was saying to them. And it took them on a journey that ended with them having an encounter with the living God. An encounter that few had had before, but billions have had since, where they have been met by Jesus. And the beauty of it is, Jesus' friends accepted him into their, his home. His home was simple, it was a stable. It was all he had at the time but he welcomed them into his home and he is doing it today. And so the question I want to leave with you this morning, this Christmas, is this. Are you reading the signs? Are you seeing what God is doing around you? Are you hearing the whisper of the Holy Spirit that God is trying to talk to you? Because I promise you, God is trying to speak to you. The God of all creation The God who made Himself finite and limited in Jesus, who made Himself present and with us, wants to talk to you. I don't know what you want for Christmas, but all God wants is you. That's it. It's really simple. That's why He came. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you're able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We'd love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.